Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. James Stentley is known as one of the 100 speakers in the world. He is also a best-selling author, philanthropist, and business owner. The JD3 Media Company brings you empowering, impactful, and inspiring content to help you take your business and your life to the next level. Hear impactful stories from some of our world's top entertainers, authors, business, thought, and community leaders. Today, I'm up in Chicago, Illinois, at a Millionaire Speaker Summit. I just had the pleasure of listening to James Denley speak. You guys are looking for a business coach or for somebody to speak on stage at your event, James Dentley is the person to hire. I've known James Dentley for a very long time. One of the things I like most about him, he's a natural. What I mean by that, he has a passion for people to transform people's lives. What he brings to an individual or a group is a message of showing you how to really make change and grow and be something in your life. Take that greatness that's always inside of us and to really bring it out. He drives the emotion of the audience, makes you feel exactly what he is saying, and the way in which he presents his words makes you want to listen to what he has to say. Our mission is to deliver amazing content all over the world through our podcast, radio, and coming soon, JD3 TV. Welcome to the James Dunley Show. Well, welcome back, guys. This is Friday. I'm here. You're here. Kara's here. I am. So it has to be Friday. And remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, well, there is no box. Well, first of all, I'm going to let you introduce our guests. Oh, my God. Everybody who is under the sound of my voice that is has the a privilege to listen in today. We have a, a, a brother who I met through some mutual friends because of what he's doing in the educational um, community in the city of Chicago, where you know that we have so much negativity, you know, um, and so much that has happened, um, so many tumultuous just events and things that happen in the in the uh, in the news. So we uh, have the opportunity to present to you, who many know by Marcus Klein, but the the uh, youth, including my own my own son, our own son, calls him Baba Marcus. And so we have him here today. He has an educational uh, two, three schools. Five schools. Five, five schools. schools. Okay, I was trying to get it right. He has five yeah. schools. You haven't talked to him in a year, see, in the one year. Oh, yeah. He's expanding. Right, right, right. He's expanding. And we'll get a chance to really dive into that. So for those of you, it's just the perfect timing because of what's going on with COVID. I want to present to you all... Our brother, Baba Marcus and, Klein. And before I go any further, I want you guys to know that uh, this gentleman is not only an innovator and a visionary, but he's also a doer because yeah. he is taking this point is upon himself to make his life mission to enhance and impact uh, the, the lives of our youth, which makes our entire world better. So we're honored to have you, sir. Marcus, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I, I re- you know what? I really appreciate, you know, you and sis bringing me on. I know. Sis has always had uh, a viable interest in the school, educating her son. Well, you guys' son. Mm-hmm. And I've seen developments in him while I was stepping in out of school literacy. I really didn't have time to, to dig in and actually teach him. But I know uh, Mama Mary and Mama Camilla definitely had a, an impact on him. He was doing exceptionally well before he left. And I know that, you know, moms had a lot to do with that. So. <laughs> I always, you know, like to start with 
the importance of teaching our children, not just um, information, but how to apply the information and culture. Culture has to be one of the main ingredients in our developing our seeds. And the reason why is cultivation actually, you know, shows uh, a pragmatic enhancement because when the children actually see themselves injected into history and injected into, you know, daily um, lessons, they gravitate to that, you know, when they see themselves, even when they see a young black male teaching them. So, and also owning the school. So now they say, well, they tell me all the time, I want to be a teacher too. I want to own the school as well. So our children uh, learn through seeing and actually they learn through doing. So uh, I have three students. You know, we have a half a day here at, at school. So uh, we're done at three. It used to be done at six. So I just had just pulled three out and told them to come on in because we're doing a, a quick show. So this is Nia. This is Mikael. Take your mask off real quick so you can see a beautiful face. There you go. And I put it back on. <laughs> this is Tafari. So uh, I know we're going to get more into the actual components of the school and the reasons why we built the school and, and all those things. But uh, I like to be defined more of my work as opposed to the actual personality of Marcus Klein, the Free Mom Academy. The work should stand alone right. you know, without without any ambiguity. It, it, it did, as they say, it is what it is. You know, we try to do um, more than, you know, like we mentioned before, just inject information upon information. We have to add culture and a sense of who they are, um, African history and culture being inculcated in not just a history class, but teaching history relative to chemistry, relative to biology, relative to reading. Everything is compounded on being an African-centered school, which means not just Astrid Hippie's class, learning Swahili and, and beating drums, but getting very um, specific and scientific on how we teach about ourselves. Um, what, what the public school system always teaches, um, slavery first in history, we don't. <laughs> we teach about uh, what we did in Africa as well as what we did here. You know, when we teach slavery, well, well, if you want to teach slavery, that's fine. But there were hundreds of slavery revolts. You know, we didn't sit back as kidnapped Africans. We didn't sit back and just, you know, be happy as captured Africans. You know, we, we fought back. So when we teach history, we teach, teach it from a pragmatic point of view. We don't romanticize it. You know, we teach it for what it was. But at the same time, you know, we definitely have to teach uh, about the Black Panther Party. We teach about uh, Nat Turner, of course. We teach about Harry Tubman. We teach about those revolutionaries um, in Haitian history about revolutionaries in Ghana and Nigeria, South Africa, you know, so from the diaspora, you know, we, we inject history and culture into our children. But not only that, we do some fun stuff too. So behind me, behind, we have a board, step to the side, real quick, and we're going to make this fast. So what we did was three years ago, since we started the high school, we also started a pre-med program for the first through 12th grades. So we have a pre-med, pre-law, and we have a pre-engineering program. So what we do is we learn medical reports and how to give diagnosis and prognoses after reading medical reports. So what do these medical reports have inside of them? What makes it very interesting is they have multi-syllable words. So I can teach a first grader and a kindergartner multi-syllable words, which are included 
blends of phonics. So when we were children, I know I'm 51. So when I was a child, I was taught the blends first, how to read. Not memorization of words, but the blends, right? So mm-hmm. parents always ask me, well, how can you teach a first grader five and six syllable words? Well, it's easy for me to do that because there's rules in each of these blends. The CH sound, my LI sound, my TH, my SIS, all those are blends that we learned when we were children. So instead of teaching them cat, mouse, dog, we teach them SAT words and medical terms, right? So we're going to get this little brother right here. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. Read it loud, too. A 48-year-old girl complains of abdominal discomfort after meals, especially high-fat meals. At those times, he also had aching in his right shoulder and back. And ultrasound of the upper abdomen. Okay, so, right? Mm-hmm. What do we do? When we, when we teach the word, we're not just teaching it. We teach what the word means as well as. And we have three inside of that. So with respect for time, we're just going to keep rolling. Go ahead, bro. A consultant with a gastroenterologist. Good. So this word was gastroenterologist. So what is a gastroenterologist? A specialist. Intestines and the stomach. Okay, he specializes in the intestines and the stomach. How do we know that? Because gash means stomach, enter means intestines, and ist at the end of a word means a specialist, someone who specializes, and logi means the study of. So we have four inside of one word. Keep going, bro. Determine. Yes. Okay, good. Laparoscopic. So what does scopic mean or scope? Examination. It means an examination. So an examination was done on this 48-year-old, right? Okay, what kind of examination? You want to help him with that word? Okay, a cholelistectomy. Good. So whenever you see tomi at the end of the word, that means what? Incision. Good. An incision or an opening, right? Good. Keep going. Would Good. So culinary means heart, right? And graph means to write, right? So when they did, so this patient had his heart, his heart worked on. How old was he? He was 48. Why did he go to the hospital in the first place? Uh, He had an ache in where? In his shoulder and his back. Okay, good. Keep going. At age 46, following suspected myocardial and fart. Good, good job, Chan. Good, good. Okay, before we get out of here, I'm gonna let them go back to class. This is the last thing we're gonna do before we get out of here. All right, come on. One of y'all. Chop, chop. Put the mask down so I can hear you.
Necrosis. No, you can just read the definition. Respect for time. You won't. Gastric. No, no, no. So what's the word? Gastritis. Gastritis. What does itis mean? Huh? Inflammation. Inflammation. Come on now. Do you know it or not? What's gas? Gas means what? Gas means. Come on. Stomach. Stomach. Let her come on. Come on. Stomach. So gastritis is inflammation on the stomach. Good. So what about endoscopy? Visual exam of the hollow organ. Uh huh. Esoph Next. Esophagoscopy. Visual exam of the esophagus. Uh -huh. Gastro. Gas. To remove all parts of stomach. Okay. Esophageal plasty. Uh -huh. Surgical repair of esophagus. Good. So whenever you have plasty, that means it was surgery performed. That's esophagus, right? Gas is stomach. Tomy means something was removed. The opening was made. Good. What about set? Carcinoma. What does carcin mean? Carcin means cancer. Uh -huh. Cancer. Good. So does oma. That's a tumor. So carcinoma is a cancerous tumor. What about eight? Epigastric uh -huh. pertaining to, to above or upon the stomach. Good. So epi. Epi means what? Above. Above. Good. Next. Number Hyper nine. Hyperemesis, excessive, excessive vomiting. Yeah. Hematemesis. Okay. Vomiting blood. Hematemesis. Good. Good job. Vomiting blood. Okay. Say, say goodbye to the... Your, your gracious host, and say thank you for having me on. Go ahead. Bye. Say Ruru Sasa. That's Thank you. Okay, good. Good job. Wow. Okay, good. So that's just 30 minutes of our day. <laughs> we got three minutes before. We fill it, we fill it up with, with another six and a half hours. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm blown away because for those of you who are watching and listening, because we're Facebook Live as well as on the radio show, um, this is commonplace. We've got video of Kate and our son, mm -hmm. two years old, speaking French. Yeah. And have to de describe and explain what he's saying, not just memorizing words, but what does that word mean? And show me, not just yeah. tell me. It's, it's several videos that I have when I would pick him up from school and he was talking mm -hmm. about his rib cage and his clavicle and his sternum. And he was like three. Three. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, what? Yeah. and even now he'll point to where his esophagus is. <laughs> he'll point to where his sternum is. He can't. Right. He can't pinpoint when he learned it. He just knows <laughs> he just knows it, it. right, right, right. Exactly. And, and and that's how it works because um, studying, you know, neurology and studying how the brain works with our children, the absorption rate at two, three, and four, you already know it's ex exceedingly high. But what also happens is not only do they learn quickly the good things, <laughs> right. the converse happens as well. So we have to be very careful on what we put into the children because, you know, not only do they learn it, but they repeat it and they regurgitate it at home. So we got to be very careful. Sometimes I joke around and say, well, you got a big head, man. So some, you, know, you go home and say, oh, mom, you got a big head. Where you get that from? My <laughs> market said it. So we got to come around with the children. But at the same time, I just like to say this, uh, when the school, oftentimes uh, when they leave and when I get older students, we have nursery school to 12th grade, right? So the children have been emotionally beat down to the point where they don't want to go to school anymore. So 
Uh, Dr. Hakeem had fourth grade. So at fourth grade, we started seeing um, in school at that at that age. And by the time they get to their sixth grade, you know, it's now faded, but they just don't want to attend school anymore. Wow. So when we get them at that age, we have to figure out um, things that they like mm-hmm. so we can meet them at. And being that we're a school that's assessment based, we have to assess the children when they come in and we so Friday is our assessment day. So children have an opportunity to move up, not based on um, age, but based on ability. So, you know, those students, the youngest brother, is in the classroom with, you know, dudes because he has ability. And you saw, you know, he has ability to uh, gravitate to techniques very fast. So, at, you know, there's no need to pigeonhole them into some type of um, grading system that wasn't meant for our students, children anyway, you know, it wasn't meant because we learned differently, you know, and that's not a, that's not a racist statement or, you know, saying that um, uh, other children don't learn, but as African children studies have shown, we learn differently than, than every other race. We just do. Uh, we, we develop faster. Give me one second. We got to run to commercial break. We'll still okay, wait. Wait. run to commercial break right quick. We're going to be right back. Okay. Marcus Klein, uh, this incredible, our Freedom Academy, wow. and uh, we'll be on the way. We'll be right back at this commercial. All right, great. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. you're tuned in to the james stentley show We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. This portion of our show is brought to you by Total Life Changes. If you're ready for a total life change in your health, in your bank account, in your spirit, 
uh, just inbox us or send us some information, say, yes, I want more information, or I want a free sample of some amazing detox tea, inbox us at info at thejamesdentleyshow.com. We are here with this amazing young man, that uh, Marcus Klein, who's doing some impactful, incredible things. And we were talking about the five languages that you're teaching there. But I want to back up a little bit. And if you wouldn't mind, share with us, how did this all come about? How was this created? Why? Good, good question. Yeah, I've, I've been asked that maybe 20,000 times. And I, I, mean, I never get tired of answering. I, no, seriously, I never get tired of answering it because um, my wife, is, who's no longer with us, um, she passed away in 2014. We started the school in our basement um, in 2007. My son was three at the time. So, we, you know, we, we decided based on what was out there that we had to create our own school. And, you know, I always tell a story. I wasn't inclined to teach children. That wasn't my background. I just wanted to teach my son. So, you know, she said, she pushed me. She said, no, nah, we're going to open the school. You're going to do it. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm built. I'm built for that. So, you know, she pressed, she pressed. And uh, we we were fortunate to have a friend, uh, Yakini. She gave me a program, a Glenn Doman method that was that's sold online now. It's uh, General Revolutions and it's flashcard method, basically. So uh, she told me to try it out. This was uh, 2000 and this was. It's like November of 2006. So I tried it out on my son, uh, flask on the, on the cars and displaying it to him three times a day, right? So the second day, I didn't see anything. I, I told her, I said, well, I was publishing a magazine at the time. I published Frontline Magazine for a little over 15 years. So I was at home. So uh, yeah, he wasn't working. It wasn't working. So one day I called at work. I was like, you know what you're doing? I, and I heard my son in the background. He was saying some words, right? Didn't even notice. And she said, is that Aquaman talking? I was like, yeah, he is. What you saying? What you saying? Woo -woo. So he started to say the actual words on the cards. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blown away. You know, he's not doing this for me as I'm displaying them. He's doing them on his own. So after a while, you know, it started to work. It became very efficient because we almost got down to the day that he was going to start saying the word. So if we did it five days a week, that sixth day, we recognized him actually saying it. So we had to add phonics on top of that, science on top of that, other classes on top of that. And by January of 2008, we opened our doors, January 5th. As a matter of fact, I was telling my student, I still have one of my, the first student I, I got, the mother was pregnant. <laughs> she came in for a visit. She was nine months pregnant. She said, my son is going to come to your school. I said, well, you're going to have to wait because I'm, I'm teaching by myself in my basement. And I'm not changing no diapers yet. So he was two. He was two. He came to me. two. We had seven students at the time. My son had three godchildren and a baby who is now 14. And he's still a student here. But uh, that, that's, that's 14 years. He's been here 14 years. So the, the, the process, and I should say the impetus, was my wife. You know, she started it. Um, it, it was her baby, but she wanted me to do it. She said, you, you got a knack for teaching, so this is your thing. I didn't believe it. So um, I, the, the credit definitely, wife who's now an ancestor. But I, I definitely understand that um, it takes sisters. 
It takes sisters to guide brothers without question. <laughs> my, my dad told me that when I was young, I didn't believe it until yeah. I witnessed it myself. I'm still witnessing it. You know, the reason why the school is what it is now is not just Marcus Klein. It's we have a team of brothers and sisters who work um, harmoniously um, and we have the same goal. The goal is to get our seeds um, not just at level, but beyond level and have them uh, very much prepared to be global citizens. You know what I'm saying? We want to we want to build new Africans, those children who not just can, you know, uh, navigate through the trial and tribulation of, you know, what's been created out here, but that can lead, you know, because we need leaders who are articulate, who know more than just how to read and do math, but we need to be very politically astute, not in, not electoral politics, but the politics on how we govern ourselves. So all those things are important, but, you know, starting off, you know, so 2007, you know, we started another school, a school of literacy. We started that in 2011, I think. And then we started the high school and the uh, nursery school. I have a three-year-old son. So I started the nursery school for him. That was in 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. So we operate in five schools. We have an Atlanta school now as well. We work on Detroit school and um, Tanzania <coughs> International. So, and that's, you know, that's, that's it. You know, it's, we, we, we are dedicated. I, I, got a, I got a brother, brother who teaches uh, math, he teaches critical thinking, you know, I have, I've definitely been blessed with <laughs> people around me that have the same type of vision that are very uh, invested in teaching our children, not just from um, a traditional educational standpoint, but they are willing to, you know, broaden that base and yeah. teach the way I want, you know, well, the way I prefer our children taught, which is very untraditional, you know. Marcus. Yes, ma'am. Um, I remember when I when I first brought Caden um, to the school and there was so many things that just re really resonated as far as like what the kids could eat, um, what the kids yeah. can actually wear as far as like characters on their clothes. And <laughs> and I was just really just like, wow, this is, this is really good and this is necessary. Speak to the issue of just how does food really impact um, these children and, yeah. and how they learn? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, a great, that's a great question. And I think um, yesterday, or was it Wednesday? Well, one of the students asked me online. She said, um, I saw a video on Facebook, even before she started, she said, I saw a video when you and your students were reading affirmations. They were African affirmations. This is this is a student. Her name was Kyla. I think she's like 11. So she said, why we don't do that no more? So I went home that night and was like, wow, that's interesting because since we had the online schools, a lot of things that um, we can't inject over the computer, right? And culture, I want to say it's challenging. It just takes it just takes more time to inject the culture over the internet, right? So one of the things that we that we pride ourselves on is our diet, what we don't eat at the school, right? So starting from what we don't eat, that's dairy, white sugar products, and meat, right? So those are things that we don't eat. The things that we do eat, of course, are you know non-processed foods as much as possible. Um, the children get salads every day with 
accompanying other foods, but they get salad every day. They get some greenery every day, fruits and vegetables every day, right? So unfortunately, this has, you know, stopped some parents from coming. <laughs> some parents, some parents have decided, you know, it's a little too much for me. You know, they're a little too radical. And if they think that's radical, they ain't seen the, <laughs> they ain't seen the curriculum yet. But yeah. but I do I do understand that it's definitely a culture shock, you know, for parents to come from you know, you know, heavy meat eating uh, to a school where you have to have three and four year olds eating a vegetarian diet. I definitely understand that. And that's well, only at school, though. Say it again. That's only at school because, of course, when they're at home, they right, can right. But that leads to it. But that leads to another issue as well. Now the students are putting pressure on the parents about what they're eating because you got to look at it like this: if we have some students here from seven a.m. to six. I'm with them and we're with them almost equally amount as they're with their parents. Yeah. So now we're, we're changing the way they think. We're changing how they look at foods. We're changing how they think about their bodies. So now they're going home and it, it happens all the time. Bob Marcus said we shouldn't be eating it. Bob Marcus ain't paying for this food. So now it, it's putting pressure on the parents, the culture at the school. So now they're like, yeah, I want to be a vegetarian now. You know, it's happening maybe 60, 70 percent. Of course, not 100 percent. But there's a lot of students. There's a lot of students who have changed their lifestyle based on a culture of the school. Some of our some of our affirmations um, that we do every day, they're taking those affirmations home. And now they're, they're becoming more pragmatic. Now they're using them in their you know, day to day lives and whatnot. So I think uh, diet and culture is important. We know it is because that's what they do at public school. They teach through song. They teach about the flag, red, white, and blue. All those things are culture. That's American culture, right? Because they understood, uh, Elizabeth Peabody understood it when she created um, the compulsory school system. She knew that um, injecting these ideas into children will, will gradually lead them up to adults that propagate the system as well. And we should be doing the same thing. We should have schools that want to propagate African culture. Why though? Why is that important? Why is saying that you're African and you're proud to be an African and proud to be black? Why is that important, right? So all those things are injected into our children and diet is just one of them, but it's, it's a very important mechanism in building um, the, the center around you know food, how we take care of our bodies, of course, how we interact with each other, um, what, what does sugar do um, to a level of attention in the classroom, the movement, um, how they feel throughout the day, drinking the water with lemon, all those things are important, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we, definitely, we definitely hold that in very high esteem, how we, how we uh, uh, move and inject culture into our children. You know, that's really kind of phenomenal because not kind of, because you're dealing with the whole person. That's right. You know, if you deal with one part of it and the other, it's like you heal one part, but you leave the other part sick and infected or wounded. You know, when Michelle Obama, and I was stating this earlier, she had a campaign to get the children in the school system to feed the children healthier foods. Right. Let's move from that. And Congress lobbied through the uh, food lobbyist and the pizza lobbyist, Herman Cain, ahead of it, they lobbied that 
The school system can feed our children pizza three times a week, and they validate it by saying that pizza is a vegetable. And they actually passed that. And nobody paid attention because the parents are so busy dealing with the life that's in front of them. Right. These small things don't even get in there. And if they do, you don't hear it. Right. You know, because you hear with your ears, you listen with your emotions. You just right. like, wait a minute, what does this mean to me? So dealing with the whole person, I really, really like that. Uh, because here a person walks out and they're in alignment on the same frequency, which makes them operate with better clarity. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. That's and, your school. Okay. I went to Brown Nail. That's right. That's right. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now, now you take what you just said, um, frequency operation. Ooh. How do we move? How do, how do we move frequency? What moves what moves frequency? So as we study, as we study uh, 2008, 2009, we talked about neurology. You know how 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 what 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 operates and ignites those synopsis in the brain, right? Very important when you're teaching a child. So how do they learn? They learn better when things are taught on top of each other, right? Riding a bike. First, you ride the bike. After that, then you go no hands. After that, then you can. So, so the first thing we teach is uh, memorization. I know you talked earlier about. Um, they are memorization is, is part of the structure. We have to memorize first, but on top of the memorization, we have to have some level of understanding. So, when they broke down the words, yes, you did have to memorize what sound e makes. <laughs> you me you memorize. It's not even, you don't even consider it memory anymore. It's just I'm second age because you do it over a period of time until you master. Now you know that sound by seeing it. Next sound. So on top of each other, right? So I think it's important that as we, as we attempt to, but in, in actually, we are trying to control the frequency of the children. And how do we do that is through the food that we're eating and through the things that we tell them. Yeah, yeah. The vibrations of our words also affect the frequency of not just children, but adults. Man, yeah. you from the pyramids. You know who built those? Your ancestors. So now when you start telling it, I have a quote in my office. Miss Wilson, he said, what you for seven generations. Let me repeat it one more time. You kind of blacked out for Blank just out. a second. Dr. Amos Wilson says, what you teach a child can reverberate for seven generations, right? Yep. Powerful. Because what that tells you is, if you, teach how, if you teach your son how powerful he is, teach him also about ancestral DNA, and that same blood and DNA that runs through you, ran through those, the ancestors. So now he's looking at things Totally different now. Yeah. Now he's looking at things. Oh, I can grasp that. Yeah. I can take that. Yeah, that's not out of my reach. I can do that too. Yeah. Why? Because I know that the inventions was created by people that look like me. Right. Right. <laughs> right? I'm not concerned with George Washington and the and the European presidents. Now I'm concerned with those African men and women who did yeah. great and miraculous things. So when they're telling you, no, you're an N word. Mm -hmm. You're an N. Because we don't, we can't say that in the building. Those words are not permitted in the building, so I can't say it. But you know what I mean. So those things have vibrations too. Yes. Right. 
those words vibrate, right? So if we look at things on the converse, okay, little brother, little sis, man, Queen, you ever heard of uh, Queen Hatcherson? No, I haven't. What did she do? Oh, let's go to Egypt and let me show you what she did. These are some of the things that she built. She was a woman, yeah. Right. Queen Sheba, yeah. yeah. They were sisters. You know what she looked like? She had afro, looked just like you. What? <laughs> what? So now it's different. So now they move different. So we, we always tell them, I always say, tell to the young brothers when they come in, that's all right, brother. You have, you have a bigger shirt in a minute. So when the parents say, what does that mean? Your shirt get bigger when you start, your chest start poking out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you're walking straight. So now your, your shirt needs to get a little bigger because yeah. now you're not walking uh, keeled over. Now you're straight. Yeah. Looking at me different now. Now we're making eye contact. You proud. Yeah. There's no reason to bend your head down, little brother. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to get it done. Whatever you need, we're going to take care of. So it's just the energy. We talk about culture a lot of school. It's yeah. the energy. It's a lot of men here, you know, seven, eight men on staff. You know, not, not, not to diminish the power of, of women, but those boys, they need to see us. That's right. They need to see us. I think 65 to 70% of, of our student body are single parent mothers that come in. And they always tell me about Marcus. Can I call you if I'm in trouble? Absolutely. Call me at home. You know? 15 years, we, we go over parents' house. <laughs> we do homework at the house. You know, sometimes got to grab a little brother up sometime, 15, 16-year-olds. Yeah, all the time. So the the job of the instructor, oh, stop. Hold on, hold on. Hold that thought. We got to take one last commercial. One okay, last commercial. No problem. No problem. I want you to stop. Let's take a quick break. Real quick break. <laughs> like, we're going to pay some bills, not all of them. Be okay, right back. Okay. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. 
We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. This segment is brought to you, this final segment, by Already Always Amazing, our incredible nonprofit that's serving amazing children, amazing veterans, amazing seniors, amazing health, and amazing you. Uh, we're back with Marcus Klein. And man, my mother's just dancing in heaven right about now because I got this very intelligent man telling you about how good my book was that he didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to read it this weekend. Guarantee that. <laughs> So, so look, so we have someone who's on Facebook said that we definitely need more teachers like him. He makes me want to send my grown children back to school. <laughs> well, That's good. That's good. Well, we have a we have a weekend class. Oh, now, go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Now, go ahead. What were we going to say? No, go ahead. We're doing a weekend class. We're doing a weekend class online now, too. So um, I have my son. My son is teaching algebra. Well, this table, my son is uh he got into Howard at 16. Actually, he got into Howard at 15. That's what I was gonna ask you. What happened to that child with the flashcards? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Real, He's real, the- quick, real quick before you go forward, because you were talking about just the um back basically identity. And to mm-hmm. your point, Kaden would get in the car and say, I'm a king. <laughs> yeah. You know, he would definitely come yeah. home saying he was a king. That's right. That's and right. He had no reservation about it. It was right. like he was standing on it. You know, you can tell him otherwise. So that is not. Now, just imagine. Now, 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 just imagine, right? When so, so of course, you know, you have two. You have two types of, of young boys that come in. You have the ones that are they want to play the back. You know, they watch, they peruse, right? And then you have some that's out front, right? Your son was one that was out front. Now, let's see. When you out front, there's a, there are four or five little ones that just gravitate to that. They, they immediately gravitate to the to the young brothers that's out front, right? So if we become strategic, right, in how we build those leaders, right? So now we start cultivating that leader, right? Okay, look, when you go to lunchroom, I need you to do this. I need you to sit here. I need you to have these two next to you. So if something happens, right, at five, six, seven. So by the time they're 11 and 12, we got leadership. Right. It's leadership. I mean, and, and it's a formula that can work. It can be it can be replicated. Right. It's a formula. We see them. They start to split off second week of school. You know, sometimes um, they, they indicate um, they're, they're very energetic, of course, mm-hmm. vocal. Right. And what do they do? They buck sometimes. Yeah, yeah I don't want to do that. Hey, man, why didn't you do your work? Yeah, I don't feel like it. Right. But that's cool. I like that. Because what that tells me is, for one, he ain't scared about Marcus. So he's telling me up front, I don't want to do that. So what we do is, or I should say this, what the state does, they label those African boys, right? Mm -hmm. They bring in the clipboard, and a couple of weeks, they they put them on meds, right? Because Mm -hmm. those European teachers can't deal with that. We can, because we understand it, because guess what? That was me, (laughs) right? So Mm -hmm. now I can figure it out. I see, I see it being played out every day, right? So we don't, oh, let's call his parents. There's a problem. No, come on, let's go in the room real quick. Let's wrap. And you will be, well, you won't be surprised, but when they're seven and eight and nine, they articulate themselves very well. Mm-hmm. They tell you what's happening at the house. They tell you the, the problems that they're going through. And I got another little brother who say, by Margaret, you shouldn't give me homework on Tuesday nights. 
He told me in the class, I said, man, you better sit down. And something dawned on me. I need to rap to this little brother. He was nine. So on lunch, I was like, man, I got lunch early. I said, man, come in the room with me. His name was Nasir. I said, come in the room with me, man. He told me his father drops him off on Tuesday night and picks him up Thursday. So he had two nights with his mom. So he like, don't, you shouldn't give me homework on Tuesday. But it took me, the older Marcus, the 50-year-old, as opposed to the 35, to be like, man, you better sit down and do this work, right? So as I mature and as I learn, I'm like, nah, no blanket indictments. Let me talk to him, see what's going on. So now we figured it out. Guess what? A student. Oh. About to graduate. So the program that we created, we did a two-year program in high school. Two years, uh, four, four semesters, four quarters a year. That's eight semesters. The plan was get them out, graduate. SAT is 1300. That's our goal, right? So the parents like, you know, that's impossible. How you, how you going to get a 13-year-old and 14-year-old to get 1250s and 1300s on their SATs and get accepted to college? We did it five times last year. Nice. Wow. Woo! Five times last year. So those students, those yeah. students who, um, who started with me, I talked to you about the five that started. One of them still here. The other one was my son. He got a 1250 at 15. Mm-hmm. 15 was too early. I said, nah, it's too early. I waited till 16. Now he's at Howard. He just finished his first year. Dean's list twice. Wow. Now he's teaching. He's teaching at the school. Now he's doing Howard online his sophomore wow. year, pre-med. Yes. The three other ones, the other ones down in Grambling right now, rocking it. He was one of our, our sharpest students at the school. His name was Mujahid Rahim. He graduated from Whitney Young. He didn't stay with me. He left in eighth grade. Graduated eighth grade, he was he was 11. Wow. wow. Yeah, he was sharp. They was putting heat on my son. They were. Mm-hmm. So people have the assumption that since it was my son, he was the sharpest in the school. He was not. <laughs> Yeah. He was a hard worker. There are some students that just comes natural to them. Mm-hmm. My son was a hard worker. He, I made him work. It didn't come natural to him. It still does. He had to work. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. I mean, I, I have no problem with that. But the other ones, Lahav, you know, him, him, him and uh, my son were close. My son graduated first. He said he's ready. Then his dad was like, he's too young. We're going to wait a year. So he waited a year. So he just graduated uh, in June. Now he's at University of Illinois in Carbondale. So, so the whole thing, the whole, the whole program is centered around culture, of course, but we got to be academic. I mean, the strength and robustness of the academics has to be our linchpin. So we, we had to make that linchpin because we see schools, no school has a pre-med, pre-law for elementary and first to third grade school. None. We did the research. It is none. So we decided to make that just one of the three things that we do like no other. And we're trying, we're adding on to that every year. It's, 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 it's just so many things that, that we could just talk about. I know that you have the academic expo every year with the kids to display what it is that they know. Um, And it's just, just, I mean, just amazing. You know, and you have these two and three year olds talking about the different organs in the body and the different body parts and really breaking down and talking about the mm-hmm. different planets and just, I mean, they're really picking it apart. It's a book. It's a book that I request all the parents to pick up. It's called How to Teach Your Children Encyclopedic Knowledge, written by a guy by the name of Glenn Doman. Right. 
Glenn Doman uh, was a neurologist who studied brain patterns of infants and children, right? So he's the person I was talking about um, that the uh, curriculum was given to me in 2006. So that's Glenn Doman. It's, it's, a, it's a very good book. See, what I did was, um, I'm definitely not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. I took, I took his program. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. That's D-O-M-A-N, first name Glenn. So what I did, I took his methodology um, and created it from an African African center, you know, and he said, uh, you know, 16 subjects. And that's why we started. We started with 16 subjects in the school, um, languages, sciences, math, history, of course, geography, music. Um, We talk about frequency. Music is very important. Um, So, you know, those things that I took from that book, you know, I just added with, you know, the knowledge I already had of, you know, some of my heroes, Dr. Amos Wilson, like to me, um, mm-hmm. given the tape, given the video of Dr. Onion Palmer's African Center School, it was called, still a call, it's still called the Garvey School, located in Los Angeles. When I saw what those children were doing, I looked, me and my wife looked at each other with our mouths open like, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> How is this being done? You know, so now, you know, look at us fast forward uh, 20 years, well, 18 years later, you know, hopefully we're doing something similar, something that uh, Dr. Onion Pond will be proud of because uh, those languages, you know, uh, math, advanced level, um, English, reading on advanced level uh, and culture, you know, all those things that he created the school uh, under are the same things that we created our school under as well. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's, he's an ancestor now, but. Hopefully he's proud looking at us. All right. Amen. And we stand on their shoulders. We couldn't do it without our ancestors. We couldn't do it for those that didn't come before. All, everything that I'm thinking okay. was already thought before. Nothing new under the sun. You know, you know, nothing new under the sun. Everything was already here. Yeah, that's right. Came before us. Now I know that be, um, before, like one of the things that you said was that you didn't want to, uh, you didn't want to get grants. Anything mm-hmm. government, government you know, that the government would provide like grants and different things like that because you didn't want them to dictate or tell you what you could not teach. Right. And I just thought that was so powerful. Right. You know, it's a uh, man. I mean, it's, it's the real deal. You know, operating a school that is 100 percent tuition based. We, we don't we don't receive, you know, any governmental funds a quarter. We don't. We rely strictly on the from the people. You know, they, so um, I'm a business major, of course. So some of my <laughs> Some of my friends I went to school with, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, this defies all business models. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you even, like, yeah, they look at me like I'm crazy. But um, I, I, I truly believe that the program, if if you build it, they will come. So if, if we remain steadfast, if we continue to um, not get complacent, and what we do, always adding to the program, always trying to make it better. Um, we can remain consistent. Now we, we're doing we're doing pretty well. We're able to expand. We're able to do some things out of the country. Well, my wife wanted definitely starting school in Africa. We started building in August. You know, we're right outside of Dodoma in Tanzania. We're trying to get Accra started next year. So I mean, we're on a shoestring budget. You know what I'm saying? So so it ain't like you know we going over there. You know, dropping off two three hundred thousand. You know, we're doing it with what we can, but, you know, we got we got a lot of people that's looking out for us. And we without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be operational anymore. Right. 
We've got two more minutes for the radio show, but we can keep going on Facebook if you want. Um, uh, we had a question. Somebody asked a question. Um, oh, where are the schools located? We're right here. Well, our brick and mortar. We're 9501 South Dorchester in Chicago. Um, you can get us on the website, F-H-A-I-N-T-L. That's Freedom Home Academy International.net. And you will be able to see uh, uh, where all our locations are. But we operate now out of one large facility. Like we moved here last August, 26,000 square feet. So we're able to do a lot uh, where we are now. So we have all four other schools inside of Freedom Academy. We're all in one building now in Chicago. Okay. Save me four rents, so I'm cool. And what was that website again? One more time. F-H-A-I-N-T-L. Like Freedom Home Academy International, I-N-T-L, dot net. Okay, we're going to get that out. So how can we uh, best support you and the work that you're doing? Because you can go on the site. You can go on the site. You could, you could donate. So, hey, so the sis was saying how, you know, we don't get government funding. We don't, but we do get donations from people. We get a lot of donations from people. People really want to support us. Um, another way of supporting is have a child. Uh, if, if you know any cousins, family members that want to invest in, a, in an accelerated learning African Center school, independent African Center school, send them our way. Mm-hmm. Send them our way. You know, enrollment is, is I would just say that enrollment is the best form of support, the best form of support out there. You know, having a child enroll in our school right now, we have 150, 155, give or take, um, mm-hmm full-time enroll here at the school now. So, you know, we can take more. That's the best way to support, you know, donate to the, on the website. All those things are good. Yeah. Before the show ends in the next uh, 45 seconds, I want to say thank you for being a part of uh, our lives thank you, thank and you. what we do. Um, you know, already always amazing is our nonprofit. So I know for a fact that, you know, we are governed to to be able to support different causes we believe in, and we believe in amazing children. So we'd like to start off with our first donation of $5,000 towards your academy. I appreciate that, brother. We'd like that, to do that. Hopefully that, that can 5, help. 000, that $5,000 will go toward further building of that Tanzania school. All right. Well, we'll give you another five and make it 10, and maybe you can do something like feed Let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate <laughs> it. I really do. You know, we appreciate that. The children do as well. Thank you. All right, so we'll get that done and get out there to you this week. Uh, for all of you all that plug into the James Huntley Show, I want to thank you for being a part of this show. Last week we had Dr. George Fraser, who wrote the book mm-hmm. Success Runs in Our Race, on the show. And uh, we worked directly with him as well, empowering the African-American community, entrepreneurs throughout the world. And I definitely wanted to have you and him right week after week, the Connected Dots. And next week we have two powerful women in business that are doing some incredible things uh, Dr. Focus James from the East Coast and Nicole Wheatley uh, here in Chicago. Having said that, that's going to end our show. Thank you for listening to the James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.